The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Robert Sala invoking the title of one of my all-time favorite movies, Hell or High Water. You know what? I don't think I've ever seen that movie. You liked it? Like it's a good one? It is one of my all-time favorite movies. I don't know. Apparently you weren't paying attention. I was not. I was doing a Mike Florio and texting right there. Earlier this morning, PFT Live, a little conversation about Hell or High Water. By the way, Chris later remembered he had seen it. I have. In multiple times. <laughs> an alcohol and or chemical-induced haze. I- and forgot, I've probably seen that movie between ten and fifteen times. Wow, wow, maybe more. Yeah, maybe you're more. you're kind of one of those. I circle back around and I put. I like to have things on while I'm working. Yeah. Background noise, and if it's something I've seen before, then I can focus more on my work. It's just kind of like having music on. You have a movie on this. The, the audio, the dialogue, whatever. You watch a little bit of it. You go back and work. I just like having something on TV while I work. I don't yeah. like I don't like silence while I work. Yeah, I got you there. It's uh, it makes sense, and that is a that's one that you know I, I hear you're like pretty famous for your, you know, you're pretty good at reliving old movies, doing that from time to time, bringing up something. I go, oh damn, I haven't seen that one in forever. Uh, I give you credit for that. That's that's one I I need to be a little bit better at. Maybe put some background movies on in my life just to kind of keep track and see the funny scenes from time to time. Well, and it, it's either that or rewatch all of The Office, which I'm currently doing on Peacock, the Superfan episodes, which are up to 45 minutes instead of the usual 20, or rewatch Seinfeld, just have Seinfeld on his back. Don't you have them memorized now? Do you got each show memorized line by line in Seinfeld? (laughs) More Seinfeld, more Seinfeld than The Office, but I'm getting there with The Office. But yeah, with Seinfeld, I could just break into the dialogue at any given moment. But it's like, you know, you play music that you like, you know the music, you know the words, you know the sounds, you're familiar with it. It's just something that's on while you work to, to have something other than than silence. I, I just like to have something on. All right. Some of you like to have us on for some reason. This is the Picks Podcast for Week 18. It's still a weird time in the NFL. We're trying to move forward at a time when we're primarily concerned about the health and well-being of DeMar Hamlin, the, the mental health of Bills and Bengals players who have to go forward after witnessing a very traumatic uh, event on Monday night. But the games are going to be played on Sunday, starting on Saturday for Week 18. And we're here to tell you what we think about what's going to happen. But, you know, most weeks we really don't know. This week we definitely don't know because the teams that either have their playoff position locked in or the teams that are done, who are they going to play, how long are starters going to play, we just don't know. So usually we're throwing darts anyway, Chris. We're going to be throwing darts even more today without even being sure a dartboard's there. 
Yeah, I, you, you, that's that's the million dollar question. It's just you know, yeah, teams that got it sold or sewed up. How invested are they? You know, you got teams that you know, yeah, the year's over. Do they want to finish on a high note and build for next year and have something positive, or are they like, let's just get the fuck out of this year and get out of this facility in the stadium and and chalk it up? That, that is that is the tough thing here. There is, and yeah, there's a few games that I certainly got some question marks and I start here because I'm not exactly sure who's playing what the attitude of the team is and the lines that we are seeing here don't necessarily reflect some of the things that are being said in the media about teams playing too which makes it dicey and scary as well before we go any farther we need to have a refresh as to where things currently stand yeah we don't you know I wasn't gonna skim past this Holy crap. 17 weeks in, I'm up by 17 games straight up, 18 against the spread, and somehow I'm ahead of you in best bets. Even though I am horrible, it helps that you go 0-3 for a given week. It really is all season. If you had just done the opposite all season of what we recommend in best bets, you would be Scrooge McDuck in a giant room of coins right now. Yes, it's... it's, uh... It's the worst year I can ever remember with my picks. It really is. And it's just, it's, you know, you, you get going down and then you start to, oh, well, I'll, I think this is a game that could be an upset. Florio won't pick that. I'll gain ground here. And you end up just fucking creating a snowball. I never disaster. think about that, though. I never think about what you're going to pick. I never think of it that way. Like, this is a chance to make up. Ground. I just I think of who I did win, this year. And I, and a few you, weeks. I just think you can't go wrong. Yeah, you can't go wrong. And we both started off a little struggling, if that's a word. Struggly. No, it's not. Struggling is not a it word. Kicked in. No, that's all right. <laughs> Sounds good. Snuggly, struggly, ugly, fuggly. Yeah, it's, it's fug, fug, fug and ugly. Banana I fana, know that. Fana. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. Saturday, Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders. All. Lines provided, by the way, by BetMGM. Chiefs are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Chiefs, all they got to do is win, and they're the number one seed if, if, it hasn't been announced yet, but if Bills-Bengals is canceled and they go by winning percentages, all Chiefs have to do is win, and they have the one seed. Raiders uh, are done. They're cooked. It's over. 52-and-a-half is the over-under in this one. How many points do you think the Chiefs win by, Chris? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna like. This is one where uh, I know the Chiefs are favored by nine and a half. I know the Chiefs. I'm gonna say are gonna win. Yes, yes, for sure. But nine and a half for this scenario and everything there. I don't know. I just feel like it's a little much. I think that's what I'm. I'm. I'm worried about. I mean, the Chiefs. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes never lost to a team in the AFC West. I'm not gonna pick it to happen this weekend. I'm not. But. The way the Chiefs have kind of, for lack of a better way, bullshitted on the offensive side of the ball as of late. You know, I like a lot of what the how they look, their physicality, their speed, but there's like a lack of attention to detail and and you know the thing we've talked about before, just the the consistent. Let me just keep the pressure on the gas pedal and go. We've seen the last two three weeks they've kind of fallen in the trap of oh we're gonna win this game oh we can coast through this quarter whatever else, and I feel like some of that's going to get infused into the game Saturday night. Yeah, there's the motivation of the one seed and all that, but they're also going to look at it and go, oh, we're better than the Raiders. We can beat them with a hand tied behind our back. And I think the Raiders are one of those teams, Mike, that I'll classify as I think are trying to finish something strong here. They're trying to you know, build for next year, 
And I think they got a quarterback with the Jared Stidham thing that adds a little extra motivation to show like, hey, it's Derek Carr was part of the issue here this year. Look at what he's doing here. I'm going to take Chiefs 28-24 in this one. I think Raiders hang around a little longer than they'd like. One of the things that makes this week so strange for me and so difficult to even begin to prognosticate, we don't know how players are going to react. We don't know how players are going to perform Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons, including their own personal reaction to what happened to DeMar Hamlin. We just don't know. And for a lot of these, I'm just strategically picking one team to win and the other team to cover in the hopes that I'm just right around 500 for both because I really don't know. And a lot of the things you said I agree with. The Chiefs kind of sleepwalk. They're there. They do just enough to win, but no more than that. They're not dominant. They're not blowing anyone out. They're just getting the victories checking the box and moving on. And I feel like that's what's going to happen this week. 30-24 yeah. to 24 is the score that I've picked. Chiefs win, Raiders cover, because as with so many of the games, not that I ever know, I usually have a fairly strong pasta and meatball sense for a lot of the games. This week, it's just not there. And so just kind of – and again, Chris, you know my method. Proprietary, patent pending, high-level – mathematical model where I just sit down, I look at the games and a score pops into my head and I go with it. So 30 to 24 is the score that popped into my head today. I got no other analytics or high end statistics or analysis other than it just kind of feels like what it's going to be. Yeah. I, listen, I, I, maybe I need to take your approach a little bit more. You are beating my ass. So uh, there's not much I can say there, but the, to your point, it, this is, a, it's, it is a tough week. It is. And one, I feel like just you and me personally have thought about the games less this week because of everything that happened on Monday night and we've been packing that. So it's weird. And like, I feel like I'm just starting to form a little pasta and meatballs in the gut here because it's just like, oh, well, I'm just changing my thoughts from DeMar Hamlin and how we're getting over that. Uh, so I, I think there's that aspect to throw in this with also the meaning of the game to some teams, the meaningless part of the game to other teams, and then, of course, the DeMar Hamlin just hovering over the whole NFL. It, it's a huge curveball for this week. I'll peel it back even a little farther. No power rankings were done this week. No awards were handed out at PFT. We usually do the picks post on Thursday right around noon. We decided to push it until Friday. So I hadn't even thought about these games at all until after PFT Live ended today cup of coffee sit down look at the games pick the scores write it down here come up and off we go that's the amount of thought I've put into it watch I'll go 16 and 0 this week with absolute minimal thought on who I think is going to win the games but again with a lot of these games we're going to get to them soon we really don't know what's going to happen because we don't know who's going to play, how long they're going to play, and what the motivation really is of the teams who are done. They may just want to get out of town. We hear all the time, you know, the eye in the sky doesn't lie, and you got to go out, and you got to put you. The film doesn't matter. You don't get an asterisk because the game didn't count. These are still human beings dealing with the collective trauma we've all experienced with Demar Hamlin, and that is a real factor. Titans, Jaguars. The Titans are six point underdogs, as the Jaguars in a Week 18 game this year are the team that is win. And in, amazingly, what has happened in Jacksonville. And it started great. It it went the other way. And it was that game in London that they lost to the Broncos that turned it around for Trevor Lawrence. And here they are. Trevor Lawrence versus Josh Dobbs, who's still been with the Titans maybe two, two and a half weeks. Jaguar six-point favorites over under a 40. Chris, I 
assume you're going to pick the Jaguars. The question is, do you pick them to cover? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I am going to go with the Jaguars. I am. I mean, but I, I think this game could be oddly close. I don't think it's like crazy to sit here and think that just because it's Joshua Dobbs that this is going to be some blowout football game. All right. I mean, I, I'm going to I'm just tell you the score right now. I'm going to pick the, the Jaguars 24 to 13. But I, I kind of envision it being like somewhat close for a little while. The Jaguars maybe getting a late touchdown to kind of put the game away. But one, I mean, the Jaguars, their defense, I mean, we, we know it, it's had issues the whole year. It's not one of the better units in football. The Titans really ran the ball at will on the Jaguars the first meeting. And then because of turnovers, they got behind and they had to kind of abandon the game plan and start throwing the ball a little bit. So that hurt them. But Joshua Dobbs, as compared to Malik Willis, does give them a little bit more of a drop back pass game, you know, effect. And he's played a little bit and got more experience. He's just more polished as a passer and a pocket passer right now. But I, I think ultimately between Joshua Dobbs, you know, lack of, you know, options of me seeing them making plays in the passing game a whole lot. And then the Jaguars just being one of the hotter teams in football and Tennessee's pass defense, not that great as we know. And really the Jaguars are starting to ride the hot right arm of Trevor Lawrence and just go, hey, screw it. We're coming at you with him and he's going to throw lasers all over the field. Uh, I, I'm going with the Jaguars 24-13. I've got 24-16 to 16, and I just think that the Jaguars arrow pointing straight up. The Titans haven't won a game since the Thursday before Thanksgiving when they beat the Packers at Lambeau Field. That Todd Downing DUI incident, the offensive coordinator who the timeline made it clear was consuming alcohol on the plane, on the bus, on team property. It just hasn't been right since then. The firing of John Robinson, the GM, didn't make it any better. They, they were not embarrassed by the Cowboys last Thursday no, night. not at but all. Still, something's missing with the Titans. They need the hard reset of an offseason. And I feel like a Jaguars team that beat them handily, I think 36-22 was the score a few weeks back in Tennessee. I see the Jaguars finishing the job, getting to the playoffs, winning the division, and we'll see what they can do because if Trevor Lawrence keeps playing like he has, that five seed, whoever the five seed ends up being, they're going to have their hands full in Jacksonville in the wild card round. Yeah, well, the whole AFC, there's no free passes in the AFC. That, that's for sure. It's just it's, they're all scary, it looks like. And, and Mike, you know, you know how you always talk – I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee made this really close. I, I kind of feel like with Vrabel and Tennessee, the way you do with like the Steelers and Mike Tomlin, just when you start to go, oh, shit, they can't do it, this is over, they come out with some game plan and show a toughness about them. They kind of have that element. That's where like, I wouldn't be surprised, even with your 24-16, I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting there and five minutes left in the game and it's 17-16 to Jaguars and they got to go down and put the game away you know Tennessee's controlled the clock and played that type of game and maybe got one turnover and all of a sudden we're going holy cow are they really gonna beat you know Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars with Josh Dobbs I, I think they can make that scary interesting I wouldn't want to bet on this game is guess, guess what I'm saying ultimately and as to variable, look, when we reviewed on Wednesday's PFT Live the potential hotspots in the AFC, we didn't mention Mike Vrabel. I have a post that I'll publish at the appropriate time at PFT looking at the hotspots as well. And Vrabel, I think at this point, you just don't know. 
what his future is. He was coach of the year last year, but Amy Adams Strunk, the owner of the team, already has fired John Robinson. The team hasn't won a game since then. You just don't know. I can't imagine it. I don't think it should happen. I think they should stand pat. He's managed to win a lot of football games with you know record number of players coming in the door. So, uh, but that may be a factor for Vrabel, and he may feel a greater sense of urgency. I hope so not. That would stay be away from that one. That shit crazy uh, if they ever abandoned the uh, Mike Vrabel bandwagon there right now. I, I think that would be fucking insane to, to be, choose one, my one, words one thing carefully. We know, one thing we know. <laughs> one thing we know about the NFL. It uh, is. After the season ends, bat, bat shit happens. It does. From time to time. Yeah. So uh, it, it's starting as soon as Sunday when – Coaches will get their walking papers, even if we don't expect it or believe it should happen. All right, pivoting to Sunday, Patriots-Bills. Very emotional game for Buffalo, seven-point favorites at home. Obviously, the first game action since the DeMar Hamlin tragedy, 42-and-a-half over under. Patriots still alive for a playoff berth. Bills, if they don't play the Bills-Bengals game, and that's the way this seems to be pointing, you'll probably know the final answer by the time you watch this or listen to it. But the Bills still trying to be the number two seed in the AFC. Seven-point favorites. How do you see this one? Bills are clearly better. We know that. Patriots defense did a pretty damn good job on them in their first meeting. I I watched back that game on Tuesday and was really impressed with a lot of the things the Patriots did. The one thing the Patriots, you know, in my opinion, you know, they're they're sound. We know that. They do a lot of the things the right way. I wish they would take a few more calculated risks to, you know, force a play on the defensive side of the ball. And and lately, hey, their defense has been making big plays. They've been scoring touchdowns and causing turnovers and doing that. I think it's going to take that. At least one of those type of turnover, short field, whatever, to keep the game close and to keep them in it. Uh, I will say that. You know, they got the one turnover with the Uche sack the first time around. Their defense played great. But my point, Mike, is like, you know, against the Burroughs, Mahomes, and Allens of the world, just playing sound and mixing up the coverages, it ain't enough. It's just not enough for those crew, the, those guys. You got to do some of the unexpected and, like, you haven't seen this on film or we're going to take a chance here and do a little bit of a crazy blitz. And, man, if you call this one play, yeah, we're going to be screwed but we're going to take our chance and that you don't call that play here. And, man, we got a 10-yard loss or a sack, whatever it may be. They're going to have to do that because I don't think their offense can consistently move the ball on the Bills. It was disc- They're better than they were the first time around, but, man, their offense was totally shut down by the Bills the first time. I'm going to go the game's a little closer because of the emotions and the DeMar Hamlin. Uh, Bills 21, Patriots 17. I've got Bills 31, Patriots 20. This is just another close your eyes, throw a dart, and hope for the best. I think that the Bills players who have had a very difficult week will welcome this three-hour respite, this break from the stress. There are encouraging signs every news cycle about DeMar Hamlin's status. I think by Sunday they'll be feeling as if they can go out and freely play a game of football, and they're going to want that final act of the regular season to be a positive one, 31 to 20. There's a chance it could get uglier than that. It was 47-17 the last time these two teams played in Buffalo. All right, next up, Jets at the Dolphins. The Jets are one-point favorites. The line opened minus three-and-a-half Miami, but it shifted now that it's obvious Skylar Thompson will be starting with Mike Glennon backing him up over under 38-and-a-half. 
I believe in Skylar Thompson. I think he's done some good things. I'm surprised, but this is what the betting perception is. That's where the market goes, and that's fine. But I don't know, Chris. Dolphins are still alive. I, I can't imagine the team that's eliminated is a one-point favorite over the team that still has a chance to make it to the playoffs. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, and, and you know I think a lot of it is swayed on just that quarterback thing there. And I, I'm, I, I kind of like Skylar Thompson, too. I do, and I think you now you give him a full week of practice to be the starter and all of that. Yeah, I think he they can play a style in a game that they're still efficient and, and can be explosive on the offensive side of the ball, the Miami Dolphins. Another game I went back and watched uh, on Tuesday, the, their, their first matchup, I believe it was week five, right? The, the game was 1917 with Skylar Thompson in the game with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Jets finally got a short field from, you know, just playing the field position game, got a touchdown, and then the wheels fell off on the Dolphins. He, you know, they had a few turnovers. So the score is misleading that way. You know, Miami is playing for something, and with a week of Skylar Thompson, too, they're going to formulate the right way to attack the Jets' defense. They ran the ball very well against the Jets' defense the first time around. Again, they kind of probably ran it more, and I think they will now with Skylar Thompson. And, hey, he is a good athlete. The RPO game won't be as good, but it'll be there for sure. And their defense, you know, it's still talented and dangerous. And the Jets' offense is not can't run the ball, and they're, they're pretty much you know they're going to throw the ball. And they're not great at protecting. So I'm going with the Dolphins in this one. I don't give a shit who's at quarterback here. And you talk about the Jets are one of those teams I go, I'm not so sure how hard they're going to play this week. It's been a meltdown here towards the end, and last week was bad, and I just think this could be the week where they just go like, ah, oh, man, I can't believe we didn't make the playoffs, and it's, it's kind of one of those. So I'm going um, Miami 23-20, Mike. I got the exact same score, 23-20, and part of me, because we all root for our narratives, and one of my narratives is the Steelers make the playoffs, and for the Steelers to make the playoffs, the Dolphins need to lose. Okay, fine. But if I don't think the Dolphins are going to lose, I know. that's where you have to abandon your narrative. So I think the Dolphins do win this game. It feels like the Jets are kind of teetering with everything that's happened. Right. Like White didn't look good in Seattle last week. What are you really playing for? The Dolphins are playing for something. And I think the Dolphins win 23-20, the exact same score. It's not a cop-out. I have it written here, 23-20 Miami. All right, next up, Browns at the Steelers. Speaking of the Steelers, who need the Bills to beat the Patriots, the Jets to beat the Dolphins, and obviously they need to take care of business against the Cleveland Browns. Two-and-a-half-point favorites for the Steelers over under of 40.5. The most hostile environment Deshaun Watson will have encountered so far this season by far because he didn't go to Baltimore. He is coming to Pittsburgh, and it's going to be ugly for Deshaun Watson. I'm surprised the line's only two-and-a-half. Chris, I think you see where I'm going with this. Boston Falls time. Steelers, I think, finish the job. To get to 9-8 and eight. after the win on Christmas Eve, emotional following the passing of Franco Harris, the come-from-behind win down 13-3 to three on Sunday night. You nailed that one, too, 16-13. Despite your record this year, you got a hole-in-one. You got the blind <laughs> squirrel finds a nut. Man. You picked 16-13. Woo! It was 16-13. Silver lining. Steelers win. And it, and it looked a long time of the game like the Ravens were going to win that game. I just don't see how the Steelers – Fail to finish the job, fail to get, a sh- uh, to get above 500, even if they don't make the playoffs. I see 9-8. and eight. I see Steelers win. I have a score of 
tw- uh, uh, well, I have it fairly close, 17-14, because that's how it's been. But I still think they win, and I said two and a half seems low, but I still have the Steelers covering. Yeah. But not by much. Yeah. I, I Listen, I think this is going to be close. I'm going to go a little bit here on the other end of this spectrum. I am. I, I didn't think I would do this. I mean, listen, when these when I first thought of these games Sunday, I just went, oh, man, Skylar Thompson, the Jets are probably going to win that. And, you know, right away I went, oh, man, Steelers at home, Browns, they're going to win that too. Oh, okay. But I don't know. I, I The Browns are one of those teams that I'm going to say, yeah, they're playing for nothing, but not really. I, I think they're kind of riding the wave of them playing better football as of late. And they're riding the wave of, like, we'd like to finish the year strong with Deshaun Watson because we plan on being a player in the AFC next year when he's hitting on all cylinders and gets another offseason under his belt. I think they're going to be able to run. You know, I, they're going to be able to run on the Steelers because I don't think the Steelers, you can't play the defense you did last week against Baltimore. They can't play everybody at the line of scrimmage. You know, Cleveland starts showing – there's a little passing game you got to worry about. You can't just leave Amari Cooper with Deshaun Watson one on one. They're going to make some plays. I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going to go with the way the Browns' defense has played lately. I'm going to take the Browns in a shocking field goal type win, twenty to seventeen on this one, Mike. And again, I don't feel comfortable about this. This is a pasta and meatballs, Chris Sims uh, edition here. No, no, you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't get to have the pasta and meat. You're right. I'm not Italian, especially when. Yeah, (laughs) especially when you're wrong. This is egg noodles and ketchup like Ray Liotta. How dare you? Like some schnook. How dare you? Protection at the end of Goodfellas. Um, So, uh, yeah, I, I just don't. Mike Thomas never had a losing season. All they have to do is beat the Browns at home. And I think I just think they will. So, hey, it's good. We disagree on something so far. We'll see what happens in that one. Ravens Bengals was potentially going to be the AFC North championship game. If the Bengals had lost on Monday night, if as we expect bills, Bengals isn't played at all. Bengals are the default AFC North champions. Bengals are seven point favorites. Ravens still don't have Lamar Jackson Uh, Bengals playing for the possible two seed. If the Patriots would beat the bills and the Bengals would win Bengals are the two seed setting up a potential bills, Bengals divisional round game in Cincinnati who do you like in this one Chris and what's your score gosh I mean if we didn't have Monday night I'd go the Bengals are going to dominate this game you know Tyler Huntley you know questionable or not 100 percent I I when DJ readers on the field nobody runs the ball in the Bengals I haven't seen anybody do it yet they ain't gonna do it I'd, I'd have a hard time thinking that the Ravens are just gonna be able to rely on that let alone we know the Bengals are good in the secondary and that Ravens offense, even if you do overcommit to stop the run, there's nobody to worry about at receiver. And and they can play them man-to-man and stop them that way. Nor is the pass game, you know, creative enough or aggressive enough to where you'd go, oh, man, they're man-to-man. This is scary. I mean, oh, no, they're man-to-man. And so what? Sammy Watkins is going to run a five-yard out route? Whoop-de-fucking-do, right? So I, I And then the Bengals offense, as we saw, again, in the early stages of that game the other night, they're kind of rolling. That, that didn't look good for the Bills' defense early. It kind of looked like, whoa, are the Bengals just going to march up and down the field on them? I think they're feeling themselves. I, 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 this would be maybe a best bet for me if it weren't for Monday night. I'm just a little not sure about the Bengals and their mindset. But the Ravens, who like to play zone, 
you know, and do all that. You can't do that anymore against the the Bengals. You've heard me say that. He'll pick it apart. And then playing man scary too. They don't have a great pass rush with the Ravens. I'm going to go Bengals 28-13. Um, and, and it might be a best bet. I got, I got a star next to it. Yeah, I've got 34-20 Bengals. I just feel like the Ravens – I mean, the Ravens aren't really playing for anything, and they still don't have Lamar Jackson, and the Bengals have a strong incentive. And I think the Bengals have, not in a negative way, but some just kind of pent-up frustration where they want to get back at it. They were the better team – based upon the yeah, what it looked like saw them right. on Monday night. Right. And they're the team that I think at some level they feel like they've been forgotten in the whole yes. Chiefs, Bills, what's fair, what's not fair. Hey, what about us? Yeah. We could have been the one seed. And again, not in a complaining way, but just in kind of a let's yeah. go light our own fire yeah, here and right. get get ourselves in the mindset. Remember that mindset they had. We're not worried about anybody else. They've got to play us. We'll take on anybody. Nobody else is the measuring stick we are. I think that gets reinforced, and we see it on Sunday. Mike, Vikings, Mike, Bears. Oh, Mike, real Minnesota. quick real, real quick question, you know, because it, it is interesting, and I don't know the answer to this, so I'm kind of at, you know, the Chargers and the Ravens, right, they could flip-flop in the standings, right? I mean, if, if, if the Chargers lost and the Ravens won, well, obviously that would happen. Yeah, so, okay. And, and yeah, all right, so, so that, that's, that's where – you know, there is some incentive there, like where if I'm Baltimore or the Chargers, I'd go, you know, yeah, I, I think I'd rather go play Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence there than have to deal with maybe Joe Burrow again the next week. You know, that that's that's something to think about here in this whole process. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's always better, too, to be the higher seed because you never know how things are going to shake out down the stretch. And you may wake up one day realizing you're hosting the AFC championship game if you just have that one higher spot. All right, Vikings-Bears. Minnesota initially was a one-and-a-half-point favorite. That's bet MGM. At other places, it was Pick'em or it was even uh, just a one-point favorite for the Vikings. When they're 12-4 and four and the Bears are 3-13, and 13, then came the news that Justin Fields won't play. The Vikings now seven-and-a-half-point favorites against Nathan Peterman and company. Vikings still holding out hope for the two-seed if the 49ers would lose to the Cardinals. Good, good, good luck. Good luck with that. Um do the Vikings turn it around? Do they get a win? Do they rebuild some confidence after getting blown off the field by the Packers, Chris? Right? What do you think? Yeah, I got to think that's a little bit, you know, on their mind, right? Just to get – let's get one good game, positive game, get things going in the right way here before we're in the playoff rounds the next week. Uh, so I don't think this is a team that's just going to, like, sit back and be unmotivated that way. Plus, it's a, it's a team in the Bears that, you know, yeah, like you've said it, tank or – you know, just they're obviously worried about next year. This is one of those teams, especially with Justin Fields not playing, where I'd go, they just want the year to be over. And the Vikings are going to work on, yeah, regaining some momentum and some mojo there. But without Justin Fields, you know, I just don't see the the Bears being able to consistently move the ball. And the Bears defense just, you know, just not all that good right now. There's lack of talent there. And I'm going to take the Vikings 24-14. I've got 24-13, and, yeah, I think the Vikings need a little confidence boost going into the postseason, whether it's a rematch with the Giants, whether it's the seventh seed coming to town. They need to be ready to go, and we know how this is going to go for the Vikings. If they're going to win in the playoffs, it's going to be by a razor-thin margin. If they lose, they're going to get blown off the field. That's just kind of the way 
it's gone for Minnesota all year long. All right, next up, Buccaneers at the Falcons. Atlanta is a four-point favorite. Tom Brady's never lost to the Falcons. Tom Brady said that he would be bothered if he doesn't play. He's going to play, but it looks like he's not going to play for very long. This one truly is flip a coin, who knows, in my mind. I have no idea. Chris, what do you think? No, I mean, you know, the the, the line tells me itself that it's – and this is a team that the Bucks, I guess, and, you know, they're that's where this confusing because you know, they, they've kind of said it that they were going to play, but the Bucks is a t- – they're a team that's just getting healthy. So I have a hard time thinking that they're going to really go in and all in on play. I could see this being a game where they play just a few series and they're out here, all right? Within that, I don't know. I'm still going to take the Bucks. I don't give a shit. I'm just might not pick them to take the cover the spread here. I'm going to take them to win 16 to 13. I'm going to go there, but they, they, yeah. they're, 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 they're the underdogs. They're the underdogs. So oh, so I'm taking them the favor. That's right. I'm so confused that, that they're minus four. So I'm still going to take them to win. Then screw it. I'm going to go that way. I don't care. I have no feel for this. I'll go. I'll go Atlanta 24-21 just to pick the Bucks to cover the Falcons to win because I got nothing else on that. And uh, um, people bet on preseason games. This feels like betting on a preseason game to me. Same with Panthers-Saints. Saints are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Both teams eliminated. Over-under is 41-and-a-half. Chris, what do you got? I'm taking the Saints. The Saints have kind of, you know, playing good football. Their defense has been great. I think the Panthers will be a – it's a letdown week that they lost last week. They're out of it. And then I think the Saints, Dennis Allen, he's trying to kind of do something positive for next year and do that. So I'm going to go the Saints here 20 to 13. I got 27-20. Same idea. Saints win, Saints cover. Texans, Colts. Why are they even playing this game? How dare you? Colts are two and a half point favorites. Both teams stink. The number one overall pick is hanging in the balance. Who do you got? I'm going to take the Texans. The Texans, they've they've fought every week here. I mean, they they have they haven't given anybody a free pass. Let alone, I think the Colts are just a dead horse. They're done. They don't they they want to go home and get out of here. Um, so I'm going to take the Texans and just what they've shown as of late, twenty to seventeen. Lovey Smith proved in 2014 he knows how to tank, even if it meant benching half the team while up double digits over the Saints and losing the game to get the number one overall pick in 2015. They want that number one overall pick in Houston. I think the Colts win 9-6. to six. I don't think anybody's going to find the end zone. It's going to be field goal fest in Indy, 9-6, to six, in a game that no one will be paying any attention to. All right, let's take a break. 4 p.m. Eastern games, including the question of whether the Eagles will finally lock up the number one seed in the NFC. We'll discuss that next on this joint edition of Chris Sims Unbuttoned VFTPM. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Chris Sims unbuttoned PFTPM, 4 p.m. games, technically 425 p.m. Eastern. They all start then, no 405 games this week. We'll start with Chargers-Broncos. Chris, you mentioned it earlier as it relates to the Ravens. If the Ravens lose and the Chargers win, they're going to be a flip-flop in the 5-6 and six seed. The 2.5-point Broncos line, Broncos favored, seems to suggest that you know the, the odds makers suspect the Ravens to lose, so the Chargers won't be going all out to win, getting some guys some rest. Uh, we won't know whether or not the Chargers have motivation to win until we know whether or not the Ravens have lost. But I'm going to assume the Ravens lose. Yeah, I'm with and you. And I'm going to assume that, that the Chargers take their foot off the gas. Right. And I still think I have the Chargers losing. I've got, I've got uh, Denver. I, I originally put 20 to 17. Let, let me do Super Bowl 25 score here, 20 to 19. That way I can split this one between Chargers cover and Broncos win. I'm doing that over and over again this week. So 20 to 19. Homage to Scott Norwood. Broncos win the game by one point. Yeah, okay, I'll take it. Good day there. I was there. That was a good day in January of 1991. Giants. Uh, I take that ring out of Dad's uh, closet every now and then and check them out. Um, this is like it is. I, the the Broncos I do think are trying to end on a positive note and build a little positive vibes about Russell Wilson here towards the end. And I'm with you. I mean, I'm I'm playing the Ravens lost in Cincinnati, and I think that's going to result in the Chargers and Justin Herbert maybe playing a few series, and then it's see you later. So I'm going to go Broncos. I'm going to have them cover, and I'm going to say they win 16 to 13. But yeah, again, who knows? I know that's a weird. Factors. Yeah, that's a weird one. Will the Chargers even have any motivation whatsoever? Philadelphia Eagles have great motivation. They need a win to lock up the one seed. They are 14-point favorites against the Giants, which tells me that any talk of the Giants going all out like they did week 17 of 2007 when they barely lost to the unbeaten Patriots and laid the foundation for beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl, that's apparently not applying here. The Giants apparently are going to call the dogs off, and it's going to be an opportunity for the Eagles to nail down the one seed. Chris, given that background, who do you like? Yeah, I, you know, I, you know, get ready, Giants. We got to go up to Minnesota and fucking whoop Florio's Vikings teams the first round. That's what we got to do. We're getting ready. We're refocusing. Not going to let that sixty-one yard field goal shamrock up your ass beat us this time. We're coming for your ass, Florio. All right, but no. Um, I, of course, yes, Are you I, done? I'm done. I'm picking the Eagles. Yeah, they have motivation that I think they're going to play this throughout again, because they got to, you know, they're going to have a two week break after this and they haven't played their best football as of late either anyways. So I think they're going to be motivated by a number of things here and like, you know, with the giants. Yeah. I think you got to be careful about how this game looks a little bit, right? 
I wouldn't want to keep my starters out there too long, and then all of a sudden we're down 31-7, to and that's how we're going into the playoffs. Like, hey, guys, we're in the playoffs, and hey, starters, we got our ass whooped today, but next week we're in the playoffs. I, I think you've got to worry about that a little bit to where I think I would almost just go, hey, I must want to play one or two series. I don't even want to see how this game is going to unfold. So I can just keep telling my players, you know, if we play them again, we can get them. So I'm going to go 31-14, Eagles. I got 27-17. Now, wait, you got 31-14, so you're picking them to cover. That 14 is just too much for me. It's too much for me because once the Eagles get comfortably ahead, maybe they start thinking about cycling some guys out. Sure, right? sure. Uh, so I'll go 27-17. Eagles win, but they don't cover. Another six of one, half dozen to the other. One team wins, other team covers. That's been the mantra for the week for me. Okay, Cowboys at the Commanders. The Sam Howell era begins. It may not last for very long, but it begins in Washington. Cowboys seven-point favorites still chasing the Eagles for the division title and possibly the one seed if the 49ers would lose to the Cardinals. Again, good luck with that. Do the Cowboys get the win and do they cover, Chris? The over-under, by the way, 41. Well, I, I look at Dallas and just go like Hey, yeah, they're a team that played the Titans last week. Didn't really have to put the the pedal to the metal here. Uh, I got to think, I think they're just going to try to end the season on a good note, positive vibes, everybody playing good. Uh, I think they will be scoreboard watching here, right? Uh, To to a degree, if they look up and the the Eagles are up 31 to 7, and I could see them going, oh, it's halfway through the third quarter. Hey, guys, get out, whatever. Let's start worrying for the playoffs. But I still think that the starters are going to play enough of a you know, significant role into this where I'm not just going to say, oh, they're going to lose. And then also, too, like the commanders are just, to me, it's, it's, they're one of the teams that would go, I just think it's over. I think it's just there's been, you know, the quarterback turmoil, a year of owner dysfunction, everything. It's just been a drama. And now we're going to the third string rookie quarterback to where I think the veterans in the locker room are going to be like, ah, oh, all right, well, it'd be cool when this game's over and this, you know, we can rest up here. I'm going to go Cowboys 27 13. A year of owner dysfunction, 23 years of owner dysfunction, <laughs> going on 24. So, yeah, I got the exact same score. Again, I have the proof here, 27-13. Don't Cowboys worry. You don't have to tell me. I mean, why would you want to pick the same score as me and copy me? So I, I believe you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Maybe I should Maybe I should make it <laughs> now you uh, need to change Washington 27 <laughs> Yeah, right. That fucking idiot yeah. picked it. Let me change it. Cardinals 49ers. 49ers need the win to nail down the number two seed. Still have a chance to get the one seed if the Eagles should stumble. Cardinals trotting out David Blau once again. 49ers... Uh, Barely beat the Raiders. Chris, let me just take this one first because I've been thinking about that. This is one of the few that I feel confident about. I think the 49ers are going to kick the shit out of the Cardinals because they want to reestablish themselves after having a close call against the Raiders. They need to go into the playoffs firing on all cylinders, and that means they are going to dismantle the Cardinals. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be over by halftime. 38-13 to is the score that I have for the 49ers to win this one and win it easily. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there, Mike. I'm, I'm not too far off of you. I'm going to go 31-13 here. I don't know if the 49ers will play the whole game, but I think they'll play a significant amount to where, yeah, they want to get the defense back, sorted out. Yeah, they were exposed in some areas last week with some of the things the Raiders did. 
Uh, I would agree with that. And I think they want to continue to, you know, get Brock Purdy meaningful reps and keep that offense rolling that way. Yeah, I think you're going to see just an incredible initial surge, dominance, maybe into the third quarter, and the game's over, and then they start to take guys out and worry about the next week there. But uh, I'm I'm with you, 31-13 Niners. Um, all right, uh, next one, last one in the 425 p.m. window. Seahawks hosting the Rams. Sean McVay called the season a professional failure, and for good reason. Most losses ever by a defending Super Bowl champion. It fell apart early, and it stayed that way. Seahawks need a win to keep their playoff hopes alive, and then they need to hope the Lions beat the Packers. That's the only path in for Seattle. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites in this one with an over-under, Chris, of 41-and-a-half. Do the Seahawks win? Do the Seahawks cover? I, I, I mean, I think this is a little scary for the Seahawks. I don't think this is like... Oh, just slam dunk. One, I think the Rams are one of those teams that we're talking about that will play and fight here. You know, Baker Mayfield's playing for something. I think they have a coach that's like that. And I think they're a team that kind of will get off on, you know, fucking up Seattle's playoff hopes. They got Bobby Wagner on their team. He's going to add a little extra incentive to that. He's going to want to beat his old team. The Rams defense, it's still good. We know that too. And they gave the Seahawks problems the first time. And that was with John Wolford, a quarterback. I mean, the Seahawks had to go on a last-second drive to win the game. And threw a touchdown pass with, what, 25 seconds left? Something like that? I, I'm, I'm going to take Seattle to win. But I think the, the Rams hang around in this one. I'm going to go 24-20 Seattle. You know, it's funny. I had 27-20 Seattle. Seahawks covering and winning. And as you were explaining that, I felt a little... I felt a little something. I don't know whether it was gut, whether it was brain, or somewhere in between. I'm going to pick the Rams to win by the same score you picked, 24-20. 24-20, the Rams win. Here's, here's another fact. Yeah. I saw a report today from frontofficesports.com that Sean McVay is going to be pursued again by the networks. Now, I don't know that there's a chair out there for him. I believe he regrets not taking the Bezos money when he had the chance and getting out of Dodge. If there's any chance that he leaves after this season, he's going to want to leave with a win. That's just an extra little incentive on top of everything else. Bobby Wagner playing in Seattle, not just facing the Seahawks like he did earlier this year in L.A. This is going back to the place where he played for a decade. That, to me, is enough to crank everyone up. And you do have Baker Mayfield. This is his closing argument for a contract. Yeah, right. I, it's dangerous for Seattle. I think it's dangerous, and, too. You know, just this, this, this whole idea that we're going to win the game and then we're going to go watch the Packers beat the Lions, so we're going to have that playoff spot kind of dangled in front of us and yanked away. I, I think the Rams win, making Sunday Night Football a true playoff play-in game. Lions win and they're in. Packers win and they're in. Loser goes home. If the Rams win, I think the Rams win. And you changed my mind. You changed my mind. Oh, by the way, before we go to break, the reason you beat me against the spread last week by a game was I let you go back and change your position on On Giants-Colts. You had the Colts covering. Right. And I convinced you the Giants were going to cover. And what did the Giants do? The Giants kicked the crap 
out of the cult. Yes, they did. Thank you, friend. I appreciate that New Year's gift. But go fuck yourself. I got it, and I won against the spread last week. <laughs> All right. All right. On that happy note, let's take a break. When we return, the Sunday night football game, game number, well, 271, actually, because two, because of the either way, it's the last game of the season. <laughs> Lions at the Packers. We'll talk about that one. It's not 270. I don't know what it is. Yeah. 271 and a half. I don't know. We'll talk about it next. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. <laughs> Sunday night football, the final game of the regular season. The Detroit Lions playing their way into prime time in the final primetime game at Lambeau Field, a place where the Lions have had a difficult time winning pretty much forever, but especially the last 30, 35 years. Packers are four-and-a-half-point favorites. For the Packers, we know it's winning in. For the Lions, it depends upon whether or not the Seahawks win or lose. Seahawks win, Lions are done. Seahawks lose, Lions are alive. Either way, it's going to be kneecap-biting time. The Lions see this in my estimation as an opportunity to lay the foundation for next year, an opportunity to flex their muscle and let everyone see what they're going to have to deal with in the NFL come 2023. So, Chris, against that backdrop, do you like the Packers to win? Pressure's on them. Do you like yeah. them to win? Do you like them to cover four and a half with an over under of 49? Well, I agree with everything you said with the Lions. Like, you know, Seattle, win or lose, I don't think it's going to affect them to the point to where everybody thinks it is. You know, there's a part of me, too, that just make them more loose and go out there and go, oh, damn, we weren't going to call this flea flicker in this situation, but we'll call it now. So what? You know, we can't lose the game or not go to the playoffs because of this. You know, there is something to that. Yeah, the pressure is on the Packers there. Um, I do think that this is going to be a game about throwing the football. I will. I will say that. You know, it's another game I went back and watched, Mike, their first matchup. I believe that was week nine, right? Um, and, and the one thing that jumped out to me, one, was that was when the Packers offense was struggling, right? Rodgers was not playing good football. About as bad a football as I've ever seen him play during that period. And that game might have been in the worst game I've ever seen him play. I mean, he threw two interceptions on the one-yard line. Threw another one when they were in, you know, red zone fringe. Should have been a touchdown. He late to throw it, threw behind the guy. Left plays and yards all over the field. It was really one of those games where I went back and I went, he should have thrown for 450 yards and four, four touchdowns in this game. You know, I don't think they're going to make the same mistake this time. 
and Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are more of a part of the equation. Watson was not a part of the equation at that point. So that changes the dynamic there. They couldn't run the ball all that well in Detroit. Detroit, in the middle of their defense, is stout. If you're going to run the ball, it's on the edge. I think they're going to play defenses to kind of sell out to stop the run. I do. And I just think Green Bay is going to be forced to go, okay, we got to throw it. And I think they're going to be able to throw it with success against this Lions team. And on the other side of the ball, I almost see it the same way, Mike. The Packers totally sold out to stop the Lions' run the first time. Six, eight, nine guys at the line of scrimmage a lot of the time during the game. They had a good feel for the pass game, but I felt like the Lions relied on the run game a little too much. I think this is a game where the, the ball goes into both of the quarterbacks' hands, and they go, we're going to win it with the passing game, and I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers because of that. I think with his weapons, that bad Detroit pass defense – in Green Bay, I'm going to take them 28-24. Temperature is going to be between uh, 25 and 30 degrees at kickoff. Weather's always a factor in January at Lambeau Field, but it looks like it won't be a major issue. I, I, I'm, I'm amazed you've taken the Packers by four. I've got 27-23. And again, this is another <laughs> one of those pick one team to win, the other team to cover, because then the Lions would cover by a half point. I really do think the Lions are more dangerous if they're eliminated. And I think the Packers will be more nervous, more tight if the Lions are eliminated because it's that whole when they have nothing to lose, they play well. They finally have something to lose. After all these weeks of digging out, the Packers are finally in the driver's seat. It's one thing to say, we're just going out and cutting it loose. We're done. Nobody expects us to be anything. Now you're expected to win. You're expected to make it to the playoffs. And if it does come down to a true playoff game, I, 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 either, I just either way, I think the Packers are going to be a little tight here. I think, it's, I, I I think the Lions could win. I almost picked the Lions to win. But I do think it's more dangerous for the Packers if they know the Lions are done because then it's even more embarrassing to blow your opportunity to get to the playoffs when you lost to a team that was done. Yeah. That's what I was trying to articulate. I, I, I either way, there. we agree. Yep. Packers win. But I won't be surprised if the Lions pull it off. I, I, I won't either. You know, the, the Lions offense, it's, it's got answers for everything. I was shocked, you know, one, like I said, Green Bay, how they sold out on the run. And then sold out in the run, Mike, and played it in a way in the back end where even though they had a lot of people, they, they, they obviously had a good feel for the Lions passing game. That's the one thing that jumped out to me where they were comfortable like, wait, we can play blitz and cover three, and we know who's going where, and we can play it that way. But I would think Ben Johnson and them have some answers for what they, how they were played that first time around. And I, I'm expecting some, some big-time air yards in this one. I think it could be fun to watch. Best bets, a.k.a. do the opposite, when we wrap up this joint edition of Chris Sims Unbuttoned BFDPM right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
best bets, or as the case may be, worst bets this year. Neither of us are doing very well, and that's an understatement. We were a combined one in five last week. So against that backdrop and with the recommendation to bet the opposite of what we suggest, Chris, you're up first. All right. I'm going to go. Uh, my first one is I'm going to take the Raiders on Saturday. I am. I just think it's two, nine and a half points is too much for me. It's a Chiefs team that's kind of been bullshitting as of late too much. And I think the Raiders are trying to finish strong and, you know, prove that Derek Carr moving on for him was the right thing. I'm going to take, take the Raiders to cover that nine and a half spread. I love it when you pick one team to win and the underdog as a best bet to cover, even though you think they're going to lose. That is gutsy. I'm going to go with the 49ers. They screwed me last week against the Raiders. Thanks for nothing, Jared Stidham. But I just think the 49ers are absolutely going to destroy the Cardinals with that number two seed in hand and the possibility of vaulting number one. And the Cardinals, or the 49ers, excuse me, wanting to get it together for the playoffs. I think they win big, 38-13. Give me the 49ers giving whatever it is uh, to the Cardinals. Yeah, 14 points. I'm going to go with you there, too, I to make this quick. I'm taking, yeah. I'm taking the 49ers as well. Bengals giving the Ravens seven. We've got 34-20, at least as my score. I think the Bengals are going to come out, and they're, they're still chasing the possibility of getting the number two seed. And, uh, you know, they need a reset. They, they, need, to, they need to get out and play hard uh, for themselves right. to give themselves the confidence going into the postseason after everything that happened on Monday. Bengals cover that spread. That's my second one. I, I don't like this, but I'm going to take the Bengals as well. I'm yeah, I, I thought about maybe taking the Patriots to cover the spread. I thought about the Cowboys a little bit. I just don't trust it all the way, those two games. So I'm, I'm going Bengals to cover this, this spread against the Ravens as well. I'm with you, Mike. Last one for me, and obviously this is all on tape, but the good news about DeMar Hamlin's condition broke while we were doing this, and that makes me feel even more confident. The Bills are going to cover the spread. It's going to be a very emotional and uplifting day in Buffalo, and the Bills are going to take care of business against the Patriots and cover that spread, which probably will move between now and Sunday. All right, Folsom Prison Blues. The Cardinals over Seahawks. Uh, Cardinals no over, uh, you know, 49ers over Cardinals. Card- oh, you said it. He said 49ers Cardinals. Over Cardinals. You said Cardinals. <laughs> I say 49ers. <laughs> See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.